So in your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, we're going to be looking at the case of the carnal Christian. As we've been going through the book of 1 Corinthians, what we've been talking about is how we can be Christ-like in a crooked land. How we can live Christ-like in a crooked land. And we've been saying that because we understand this place, this town of Corinth, that boy, it was a pretty crooked place. There, there was a lot of sin in this area. They had a lot, of, a lot of influences from other places that had a lot of false ideas and false teachers. And, and there was a very sinful town, a very wealthy town, but a very sinful town. And a lot of that sin had kind of creeped its way into the church. And Paul had to address that. And tonight we're going to be looking at one of the things about a carnal Christian, a certain type of Christian. We're going to read that in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, verse number 1, the Bible says this, and this is Paul, he's speaking to these Christians. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able for ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Our Father, Lord, again, we love you. And we pray that you would just help us to understand something out of this passage here tonight. Lord, I ask that you would just help us to understand what it means to be a carnal Christian and Lord, if there's maybe something in our own lives that, that, that you may show us that is carnal about us, Lord, help us to identify that, that we may be identified as a spiritual man. Lord, that's who we want to be. Again, Lord, tonight we ask that you would speak to us and help us to honor you through this scripture. For it's in your name. Amen. Well, so here's what we're going to be looking at. Paul, he looks at these folks. He says, look, I got some things I want to teach you, but I can't because you're carnal. Okay, well, what does this word carnal mean? What does it mean to be a carnal Christian? What's the big idea of being a carnal Christian? Well, when, when you think of being carnal or when the Bible talks about carnal, that's talking about someone that they are saved. Okay, this is a Christian person. They're born again. They believe in the Lord, but they still live, dwell, and make decisions in the flesh. Sure, they've got the Holy Spirit. But man, they, they are so far from the things of the Holy Spirit, they're basically living no different than what an unsaved man would. You know, he's sure, I mean, he's saved, he's, he's born again, he believes, he has the heart of a Christian, yet he still makes his decisions and lives by the flesh. I'll give you an example. Maybe some of you have probably heard of this man, you know, David Jeremiah. He said this, in Scripture, we read of two kinds of men. The spiritual man controlled by the Holy Spirit and the carnal man who is ruled by his passions. So you have these two different types of people. You have the spiritual man. The Holy Spirit lives and dwells in him and everything he thinks, everything he does, his actions, they're based off what the Lord wants him to do. Boy, he just loves the Lord. He wants to honor the Lord. Then over here you have someone that's the carnal Christian. Yeah, he's got the Holy Spirit living within him, but... He cares more about the things of this life, what he loves, what he likes, what he wants to do. He cares more about that than what the Lord's trying to teach him. 
He cares more about that than living the way he's supposed to. He cares more about what this world has to offer than what God has to offer. And you know, I will go ahead and say this. I think this is something that, that is a very real trap for a lot of Christians, for a lot of people. Because, you know, we, we live... We live in the physical world, don't we? I mean, I mean, here we are. We, we open our eyes. We, we live. We have sight. We have things we touch. We have desires. We have things that want, we want. We have goals. And by the way, a lot of these, they're not, they're not bad things. But you, man, you get driving down I-90, you're going to see billboards. They're advertising things. Boy, don't, don't you want this? Boy, don't you want that? And you think, oh, man, it'd be nice to have this. It'd be nice to have that. And there's nothing wrong with things and there's nothing wrong with this world. But the problem comes when we love the world more than we love God. And then when we start making decisions for the world instead of making decisions for God. So we're going to start talking about this carnal person. So these Christians here, and again, this is the church at Corinth. Paul is writing to a church. Hey, you Christians sitting there in the pew at Corinth. You guys are carnal. Man, you live too much for this world. Remember when we talked about the place at Corinth? This was a place where if you were a Corinthian, man, you, were, man, you could have been wealthy. You, you could have had great business opportunities. You could have been someone of, of position and power. So it was very possible for these people, they would be so focused on the things of this world that they missed the things of God. Yeah, they were Christians. But man, they missed the things that God wanted to show them. So Paul, he starts addressing that. He starts looking at their heart and starts pointing out that carnality. And why I say this, this is not someone uh, that will always be here. A man, a spiritual man, he can slip into carnality. A carnal person, he can come back over here and then he can start growing and be spiritual again. You know, I will say there have been times and decisions in my life that I've made that were carnal decisions. I have done carnal things. I have thought carnal thoughts. Any time that I make a thought or a decision or an action based off of what I want instead of what God wants, that's me being carnal. And Paul is addressing people that live here. They live in this carnal way. So the first thing we're going to see is this about being a carnal Christian. Here in verse number one, we're going to see that he restricts, he holds back his teacher. He holds back his teacher. And here's where we see that in verse number one. And Paul, he was talking to Corinth. If you remember, Paul had been there. Paul had been teaching him. Paul had, had been there with his church. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Paul was looking at this church at Corinth and said, look, I got some stuff I want to teach you. I want to show you things. I want you to learn. I want you to see things from God's word, but I can't do it. So this carnal person, he's restricting his teacher. The first thing we saw was just that. A teacher has a lot that he wants to teach. He wants to show them stuff. He wants them to, he wants them to get it. You know, for, and for, for one semester, not well, year, one year, I taught a class on a high school level, and I taught them, it was a Bible class, and it was a class of mostly seventh graders. I think there was some eighth. No, I think it was just, uh, just seventh graders. And I remember at the time I, I had just gotten married. So I was 20, well, shortly after I got married. So 22, 23, somewhere in there. And I, I remember, so I go in, I remember thinking, okay, man, this is going to be great. You know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be the fun teacher. You know, I'm not that much older than these guys are. We're going to have a good time. This is going to be great. 
And so I remember I walk in, I open up my, open up my notes, and I'd be, talking, I'd be talking to the kids and saying, boy, this is what we're going to talk about today. And, and we did a study through the book of Proverbs, you know, how you can have wisdom in your friendship and your home and this kind of stuff. And I remember teaching these kids. And I remember as a teacher, I would get so frustrated because there were some things that I wanted to teach them, but they honestly didn't care. And like, they didn't care so much to the point. Like I, I remember specifically, vividly, I would give them notes. I mean, 10 notes. Okay, here, here are 10 questions. You know these 10 questions. I would hand it to them in a piece of paper. This is what's gonna be on your quiz tomorrow. Just 10, I mean, th these are your questions. And then they would still fail. I'm like, did you not even look at the thing that I gave you? You know, I, I would, I remember one student, I would give him a quiz. Here's, you know, here's, here's something you take it. And he would turn it in just completely blank. Like, you're not even going, you're not even going to try? I mean, really? Kids, this, this is something that can help you. Folks, this is something that, in the things I was trying to teach him, he was carnally minded. He didn't care. He cared more about him just doing what he wanted to do, relax, not wanting to study, not wanting to put forth an effort. He cared more about that than what his teacher was trying to teach him. So we see a teacher has things he wants to give. And folks, the Bible has things it wants to teach us. The Lord wants to teach us things. The Holy Spirit, he wants to teach us things. But if we're carnal and if we don't care, it, it'll never come across. We're not going to listen. So he restricts his teacher. So the teacher has much he wants to teach, but he must limit his message if he's ever going to get something across to these kids or the teacher, I guess. In this situation, you know, there are some things, say a teacher, he just has his mind filled with so information. You guys hear me talk about math. And I remember my math teacher, boy, he was, he was a whiz. You know, you'd ask him something, he'd go up to the whiteboard and he would just, he would mark it in this and this and this. And boy, it was just something, it was so easy. And I remember thinking, oh, okay, you're going to have to slow down and, and you know, show me again. You're going to have to show me again. You're going to have to show me again. And I remember the teacher, it would almost be like, okay, let me dumb this down for you. Okay. Or he would say something like, let me give you something easier to work on because you're just not getting this. The teacher has so much knowledge that, that we need, but he would give us just a little bit because we weren't able to understand. Or at least me, I wasn't able to understand. Some of the other people probably could, but I couldn't. And so he would give us just this little piece. So the teacher, he has so much he wants to teach, but he's going to give just, just a little bit. Folks, I feel like sometimes the Holy Spirit has so many things he wants to show us. He, he has so much more to life than just us waking up, going to work, coming home and going to bed. He has so much joy, so much peace, so many wonderful things from the Bible that, that we can learn. And man, it'll help us grow. But if we're carnally minded then one, we're going to restrict what he's ever going to be able to teach us. And then two, we're never going to get the whole picture. He's just going to give us, we're just going to get a little bit because, because we're apathetic. We don't care. We care more about me than the things of God. And if any student is ever going to get the full thing of what God can teach him, or if any student in any subject is ever going to actually get what he can get, He's going to have to actually put some effort in. He's going to have to want it. He's going to have to care about it. He can't be carnally, fleshly minded. He has to be looking for it and digging for it. So Paul, as he addressed this carnal person, this fleshly person, 
First thing we're going to see is that he's going to restrict his teacher. Now let me show you what he does secondly. He restricts also his own learning. He restricts his own learning. He holds himself back. Let me show you where we see this. Again, in verse number one. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. Paul is saying, look, Christians, you're, you're supposed to be Christians, but I can't actually talk to you on a spiritual level because you're holding us back. I can't speak unto you spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. He's saying, look, you're Christians. Yeah, you're born again. I'm going to have to te- talk to you just like you're your little babies. Man, you're born again. You know the Lord. You ought to be able to handle something more, but i got to teach you like your babies. Look at verse 2. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it. You couldn't even handle the meat if I gave it to you. Neither yet now are ye able. So here's how he restricts his learning. Look at this. The carnal Christian is someone he is malnourished. Spiritually speaking, he's malnourished. You know, now we would say that a baby, they're supposed to have milk, right? They, they, don't, they don't have teeth yet. You know, they're supposed to have milk. And I remember one time I, I played a game. It was in a youth group. And this game was, it was a relay race. So you had your team and they made you run across the gym. You had to reach your hand in a paper bag and you had to pull something out. Whatever was in there, you had to eat it. And if you couldn't eat it, you, would, you had to sit there at least until it was... Gone, you know, and whoever could actually get to the other end and eat it and run back first, their team wins. Anyway, I remember it's my turn. I ran over there, I reached my hand in the paper bag, and I pulled it out. And boy, if it wasn't a little jar of some baby food that was like green beans or something, and and I I, I couldn't eat it. Like I, I sat there and tried to get this stuff in my mouth, and my other team screaming at me, "You better eat that! Get back here, so we'll win." I'm like, I, I can't do it. And you know, there's there's certain things that that babies are supposed to eat. And it's, it's awful. It's nasty, some of the stuff they eat. But I, have, you ever, have you ever seen a kid, though, or a baby, the first time you give them something that's just, man, that's, that's really, really good? You know, whether it's an M&M, right? You know, and they start smearing chocolate all over their face. Or, uh, or whether it's actual mashed potatoes or real green beans. They're like, oh, man, they'll just start gobbling this stuff up because it's the good stuff. But the problem is you expect a baby to, to drink the milk. But as this baby starts to grow, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, you don't expect him to be living off of milk still. He will be malnourished. He won't be getting all the things that he should be getting. He will begin to grow weak. And Paul is talking about these Christians, these people that that have been saved long enough to understand the good stuff. But here they are still stuck on the milk. They're malnourished. They're not getting the stuff that they ought to get. He says, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. He's having to talk to them just like they're little babies. Have you ever had someone maybe even, um, maybe at work or maybe in a business scenario, whatever it be, and you feel like this grown adult man, you're having to handle them with kid gloves, right? Yeah, you ever talk to someone like that? It's almost, I have. It's almost kind of sad. It's like, man, can I even have a man-to-man conversation with you about this? I mean, you know. That's the way Paul feels. I should be able to talk with you about spiritual things, about great things. But you've hindered yourself so much with the milk of the word, you can't handle it. You can't take it. Because a person that lives in the flesh, they're not going to be over here getting the good stuff of the word that's going to help them grow. They're just going to get a little milk, 
little bread now and then because that's the easy stuff. Now, what do we mean about the milk and bread of the word? You know, there are some people, and then I'm not, I'm not saying this to, to cast off on anyone, but there's a term maybe some of you have heard of. It. They'll say, oh, this guy, he's a, he's a milk and bread preacher. And he's the guy, all you'll ever hear him say is, man, don't you know that boy, Jesus loves you? And is that true? Yeah, absolutely it's true. Man, that's, you know, that's the milk. That's good stuff. Boy, Jesus died for you. He loved you. Well, that, that's true. Everyone can handle that. That's, that's the milk of the word. Boy, Jesus came on Christmas Day and he was born that he can die for your sins. Well, good stuff. Man, that's, that's the milk. We can talk about that. Everyone can talk about that. But there's so much more to growing as a Christian than just, than just the milk. And Paul was having to take it easy with these guys. He was having to show him the simple thing. So this Christian, he is, he is malnourished. But look at this. He also, he can't understand the good stuff. He can't. Look what Paul says in verse 2. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able. You are so malnourished spiritually, you can't even handle the good stuff. That's what Paul is saying. You, you have been so long on just the milk. You should have grown, but you haven't. And you have been so long without the meat. Now you're to the point you can't even handle it. You've got a lot of growing to do first. Let me give you a picture. You know, there was, um, if I remember right, this, this was the Auschwitz. Um, but I know it was one of the prison camps at the, the, um, you know, during World War II. You know, some soldiers, they, they were overseas, and they went and they found one of the, uh, the Jewish camps where they were, you know, holding people, and they would, you know, gas chambers, all that sort of stuff. And when some of the Allied soldiers, when they got to one of these camps, they saw the people on the other side of the fence. They were, they were skin and bone. I mean, they were, they were to the point of death. They were, they were so malnourished that the, the soldiers, the Germans, they were giving them just enough to, to keep them alive. And I remember when, when the, the soldiers, you know, the healthy allied soldiers, they got there, they would open the gates and they would say, hey, you know, here we are, you're free. We're here to set you free. And boy, the people, they were so, they were so happy. Boy, the war was over. They got their freedom back. But when that happened, something even probably a little bit, well, certainly wasn't more sad, but something kind of intriguing. Some of the doctors, they looked at their situation and they said, we can't just let these people go and let them start eating. Because if they just start eating whatever they want, they'll die. Which that's, that's, that's a, a, a medical situation. Someone that is malnourished, they're not eating. If they're, after I think it's about two weeks, I, I think is the time period. After about two weeks, your, your digestive system, it, it goes to sleep. I mean, it's, it's, not that, um, it's not that it's dead. It's just there's nothing in there. So it just kind of goes to sleep. It starts to rest. And then if you were to all of a sudden just go and start gorging yourself with some huge meal, your digestive system can't take it. It, it, will, it, won't know, it won't know what to do with that because it's, it's been so long. And so what Paul is saying with these guys here, they have been so long on just, just the milk, just the little stuff. If I start coming to you with the spiritual things that you can learn, that you can handle, you're not going to be able to take it in. Folks, there are some Christians that have been saved for 10, 15, 20, 30 years, however long, and they have been around the things of God for a long time, but... They've been so content with just a little milk and a little meat. They've not grown to the strength that they could have because they're living carnally. They care more about the world than they care about the things of the Lord. So then when the Lord wants to show them something, 
They're not even able to handle it. They don't know what to do with it. Because all they can handle, all they've seen is the milk. So we see they restrict their own learning by just sticking with the simple stuff. That sometimes we need, we need to grow. We need to get in and we need to dig and see what God will show us. So we saw, number one, the teacher's restricted. And we saw, number two, he restricts his own learning. See, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you are not able to bear it. Either net, yet now are ye able. You're not even able to bear it. Why? Verse number three. For ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions... Are ye not carnal and walk as men? He uses that word quite a bit. For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Boy, he, I think he wants to teach them that they're carnal. He said it a few times. So we'll see number three, and lastly, he restrains his own obedience. A carnal Christian restrains his own obedience. And what I mean by that is he's just simply disobedient. He's disobedient. A carnal Christian is someone that stays away from God's word. They take a little milk here and there, just enough to maybe keep them going. But they live here and they are willing to be in this place of disobedience. They are okay with being disobedient. They are gonna, there's going to be things in the Bible they know that are right or wrong, but they care more about what they're flesh wants. They're going to live for their own passions, as we saw David Jeremiah there in his quote said. So he gives us three things. Now, I'll go ahead and put them up there. And it showed us right there in verse number three. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? He's saying you're walking in the flesh. Yeah, you're a Christian, but you're just living just like an ordinary man. You've got the Holy Spirit with you, but you're living like a person that's just in his flesh. He's going to be someone that has envy grow deep down with inside him. You know, the Bible says a Christian, he ought to be content. You know, a Christian, that doesn't mean he's not going to have goals. He's not going to have desires, but a Christian is going to have the contentment of the Lord Jesus Christ. A carnal man, though, he's going to envy He's going to be upset when someone's got something that he does. He's going to be upset when someone gets something better than he does. But boy, a spiritual man, he's going to be content. Then the Bible talks about strife, right? You know, we, we've, seen, we've seen people that walk around with a chip on your shoulders, daring you to knock it off, you know. You ever met someone that's just, they're your typical hothead? Maybe they like to fight for whatever reason. Yeah, that's someone, that's the carnal man. You know, they, they like to be, they like to be the biggest. They like to be the, you know, the, the toughest person around. I remember, you know, I used to hear stories about some of my family back in the day when they were, when they were young and boy, they used to lift weights and stuff. And I had this one guy in my family, he, whenever he was in the gym and he was lifting weights, it was always, he had to be able to lift the, the most weight out of anyone else in the gym. Boy, if someone else come in and showed him up, boy, he'd, he'd kill himself to be able to get in there and, you know, lift more weight. He, he, wanted, he wanted to be the toughest. He wanted to be the biggest. He wanted to be the baddest, you know. And so someone like that, they're, they're willing to fight. They're willing to put on a front and do whatever they can to, to be number one. I'll never take a step back from anybody. Well, you know, the Bible says a Christian, he'll be a peacemaker. That doesn't mean he won't stick up for himself. That doesn't mean that he will, he will never do what's necessary. But he's not going to be someone that causes strife. A carnal man would. A spiritual man wouldn't. 
And then, and then we see division. Folks, there's something we need to understand about division. The Bible says, the, the, the thing that sin does, rather, if you'll notice in the Bible, there's a pattern. And I've said this before, and this is one that we need to learn. Sin will always separate. Always, always, always. Sin will always separate. You think about the first sin we look about in the Bible. When it talks about Satan, when he was in heaven. He was an angel. Got pride in his heart. It separated him and it tore heaven apart. And he had to leave. You had Adam and Eve. They were in the garden. They had sin. They had to leave the garden of Eden. Then you had Cain and Abel. Boy, he got pride in his heart. Then he ended up murdering one of his brothers. And then he ended up dividing that family. You see husbands and wives. Sin creeps its way in the home and it'll split the home apart. Best friends. They'll have some kind of sin between the two of them. They'll split them apart. Folks, sin will always separate. And that's something that we see with these three things. These three things show up even among spiritual people. Amongst, excuse me, amongst Christians rather. Man, people that have the Holy Spirit within them. They live in a way where they have envying, strife, and divisions because they care more about the things of the world than they do the things of God. They're content with a little milk and bread here and there. And they're going to live for their own passions instead of growing. Lord, I don't want the milk. I want a steak. Man, Lord, give me a filet mignon from the Bible. Give me whatever it is. I want to, I want to grow. Give me some nourishment. I want, to be a, I want to be a strong Christian. I want to be a spiritual Christian. Lord, I want to live in a way that, that you want me to live. Lord, teach me something. And so we need to be careful that we don't fall into this trap of being a carnal or a, or a fleshly Christian. Because yes, a person can be saved and live like a lost man. A person can be saved and live like a lost man. There are going to be people that say, oh, well, I'll never be able to live up to being a Christian. Well, well the fact is nobody can live up to being a Christian. A Christian is not about what you do. It's just about the fact that God's forgiven you. Being a Christian doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. Being a Christian doesn't mean you're never going to sin. In fact, there have been some born-again saved people that have done some pretty awful things just because they come over here and they start living as carnal. So here's our encouragement this week. Here's what we want to learn based off what Paul has said. We don't want to live as carnal Christians. We want to be spiritual Christians. So I want to encourage all of us. Let's not restrict what God's trying to teach us. Man, when he teaches us, let's, let's listen. Let's go to the word. Lord, show me something. Let's not be content with just a little, a little milk here and there. Lord, I want to grow. I don't want to be a malnourished Christian. I want to be a, a strong Christian. Now, let's not be said of us that, uh, that we're restricting our own learning, right? That, that, uh, and that, that we're growing, we're getting in God's word, and that these things that, that are talked about as, as natural men, let's not that be said of us. Let's let it be said of us that we are spiritual men and women. That we are men and women that, that love the things of God. So here in, in chapter number 3, verse number 1 through 4, And I, brethren, cannot speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Let's not be the babes in Christ, but let's be the strong and vibrant spiritual men and women that God would have us to be. So folks, if we could, we'll stop there. We'll have every head bowed and we'll have every eye closed. Lord, as you've shown us out of the scripture tonight, I pray that you would help it to be our, our heart's desire. I pray that you would, you would have our desire to be spiritual men and women for you. Lord, we realize that we, we are very capable of being carnal. 
Lord, I've made carnal decisions. I've, I've done carnal things. I've done things that, uh, Lord, that, that my flesh just wants. Lord, I pray that you would protect us from that. Help us to be, be ever vigilant about wanting to get in your word and, and wanting to learn and wanting to grow. And Lord, I pray that we would all want to be spiritual men and women for you. And folks, with every head bowed, with every eye closed, here again, this is just a time where we invite you to do business with the Lord. Has the Lord pointed out something in your own life, maybe tonight, about being a carnal man or woman? Is there maybe something that, that you see on yourself that you would say, hey, this is more flesh than it is spirit? I live more for myself more than I live for the Lord. I care about what I want more than what the Lord wants. The Lord has so many things He wants to teach us. He loves us. He wants us to, to grow strong, to be spiritual, and to be lights for Him. Let's ask the Lord to help us to be spiritual tonight. Father, again, we thank you for what you've shown us here out of Scripture. As we want to be more like you, as we want to be Christ-like here, even in this crooked land that we sometimes live in, Lord, I pray that you would help us to live spiritual and not carnal. Help us to live more for you than we live for ourselves. Lord, I ask that we would have your help in it. We know we can't do it ourselves. Lord, we can't do anything ourselves except just with your help. Lord, we ask for that help tonight. And if we get ready to now go our, our different ways throughout the rest of this week, Lord, protect us until we come back here again on Sunday. And Lord, I pray that you bless us as we're going to have our, our Christmas service. Lord, help us to be a, a light into this town and, and show others the love of Christ. And for we love you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. All right. Well, folks, thank you so much for...